Welcome back to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Today I am joined by Faye Hollands from Busy Business Women and we are talking all about how to do less and achieve more. Yep, it's all about productivity on the podcast today. We are at episode 80. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're learning how to create an epic brand, find the right marketing strategies, and building your business is a constant evolution, classroom, and lab. Each week, we'll be diving into all things brand and marketing with special guests and solo episodes to help you build your business brand and big idea. Hey, hey, welcome back to the podcast. It is awesome to have you here as always. And today I have got a special guest on the podcast. We're talking all about productivity. You know, it's a topic I love and I think it's a great follow on to the time management or becoming a time management ninja episode that I did two episodes ago. So 78, if you want to go check that out. But before we dive in, obviously, welcome. If this is your first time here, I'm your host, Suze Chadwick. And this podcast is brought to you by The Connection Exchange and I work with women in business to help you build a confidently bold brand, articulate a powerful message and attract clients who want what you have so you can play bigger and brand bolder. Now, speaking of playing big and branding bold, I am very excited to let you know that my book is so close. I will have a physical copy in my hot little hands this week week, which is going to be me proofing it. It's very exciting. I have got my book launch on the night of the 21st of November in Melbourne, venue to be decided, but it will be central. So if you're interested in checking that out, then you can either head to my Facebook page, which is Suzanne Chadwick or at Suze Chadwick um, and check it out there. Otherwise you can head to the link in my bio in Instagram and I'll have the link there. Otherwise you can head to the website and events. So I would love you to come along and celebrate the launch of Play Big Brand Bold. It's very exciting. I can't believe it's here. I did do a little bit of a butt clench. It is something that is very scary to put out there. But you know something, Elizabeth Gilbert has been my creative mentor. She doesn't know it but she has helped me to do big things. Why? Because you've just got to create stuff and put it out into the world and then move on. You can't wait for things to be perfect. You can't hold on to things. You can't expect to be able to control everybody's response to the work that you do. The only thing that is required of you is to live a creative life and put it out there. And so that is what I have done. So I'm excited. I've put it, I'm putting it out there. I've already got my second book in my mind uh, and slightly mapped out, which, you know, it's crazy. Once you start doing big things, I am telling you, it becomes addictive. The more you do, the bigger the things that you break through, the bolder you go with your mindset, you'll be amazed at what you are willing to do and the momentum 
that you can get. So I'm super excited about it. Uh, and if you follow me on Instagram at Suze Chadwick, I will be sharing more. Once I have that book in my hot little hands, I will be sharing. So I cannot wait. So the 21st of November in Melbourne is my book launch. It's the day before my birthday. I wanted to have my book launch the day before my birthday. We've got Confidence Rising 2.0 on the 20th. So it's going to be a big week. I'm super excited. So if you haven't got your Confidence Rising tickets yet, then make sure you grab that as well because we have got a few tickets left, but we've sold quite a few, which is awesome. It's an all-day event this time round. It's going to be good. Cannot wait. But hey, I'm going to stop yabbering. Let's get into it. Faye, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. I'm excited. Thank you for letting me be here. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Now we've obviously just connected. I was on your podcast, you were on mine. uh, Because I think like we were saying, even though we're both business coaches, we kind of are in different areas. We talk about different things, which Mm. I think is awesome. Yeah. And I, yeah, I really got that from actually you coming on my podcast yesterday because I took so much away from that conversation of stuff that I just really don't get involved in with my clients at all. So it's great to have this little powwow together. I know it's so good, but you know something? I also say that I've got uh, one of my friends is Sarah Cross. She's a product-based business coach, only mm-hmm. products. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's so good to have women who get what you do, but maybe do it in a different way with a different audience. And yeah, no, I love it. I think it's so good to connect. Well, even just before we got on live, we were talking about podcasting and, you know, nobody else in my friendship circle gets that. It's like, how nice is it to talk to other people that get what you're doing? It's great. Oh my how gosh, who are these people that you know that don't talk about podcasting? <laughs> <laughs> All right, are we going to launch into a whole conversation about my no. friendship circle? Yeah. <laughs> No, no. Well, listen, I think that's a really good segue as well. So how did you get here? Tell my listeners all about you, what you do, what you're about, who you work with. Oh my gosh, how long have you got? I'll try and keep it nice and short, right? So I I look back on this and I think, well, I probably always had small business in my blood because my dad, well, not even really small business, but my dad ran a really really successful tool company. My mum was a successful hairdresser with a couple of salons before she had me. And I knew I always wanted to be a business owner, but I never knew what. So I went into corporate. I was in professional services and investment banking and I worked ridiculous hours and, you know, worked hard, play hard. I've read your bio on your website. This was in London for me. Oh, wow. I could relate to lots of things that you talked about. And I loved that life. But then I realized that the whole investment banking thing wasn't for me long term. And so I joke and say I had a midlife crisis, but that was at 28 and decided to leave London and come backpacking, which is what brought me over to Australia. And that was 16 years ago and I never left. I wow. am here legally, <laughs> um, but I fell I into recruitment. Yeah. yeah, thank you. I fell into recruitment, um, which I loved and hated. And we kind of touched on briefly yesterday when we were talking on my podcast on how, you know, I believe that recruitment was such a great grounding for me as a business owner because it's a bloody tough sales environment. So it taught me about, you know, business development courses and spending your time wisely and the power of marketing and all those great things. But ultimately, it wasn't something I wanted to be in long term. So I had this exit strategy, which was to retrain to be a coach. I don't really know where that came from, but I threw my all into it. And that was about 15 years ago, requalified, and then 
12 and a half years ago, set up my own business. I've been my own boss for, it feels like as long as I can remember, definitely the longest I've ever been in a job in inverted commas. And I started out, I, I still, I run two companies to this day. And the first company is a career coaching business. And what happened is I started having lots and lots of conversations, probably a year into that journey uh, with friends and then clients on, you know, I want to change career. I want to start my own business. How do you do it? So uh, you know, you were mentioning yesterday those those initial conversations with friends that actually turn into evolve into being your business and that's exactly what happened for me so I've been helping women grow businesses for really about 11 years now but three years ago I took that arm of the business coaching away from the career coaching part followed my own advice about niching properly but it took me a long time to get there and then started busy business women so here we are today with a an, an absolute passion about helping women grow businesses and also being really productive i love all things productivity and time management ah oh, you just Speak in my language, lady. <laughs> I tell you what, my audience will know. I bang on about this all the time. We and we were just saying I did a time management one recently because mm. I asked on Insta stories, what's the biggest issue you've got right now? And I reckon 70% of the responses were around productivity, time management, things yeah. like that. So um, so that's a big one that I do love. And we're going to be talking about how to do less and achieve more today, which I'm super excited about because yeah, when I was reading your website, your bio, you were all about the productivity. And, mm. um, and the other thing that you talk about as well is anti-hustle. Do you want to just give me a little bit of background on yeah. like your philosophy around that? Well, philosophy is a strong word, <laughs> but um, I just got sick to death of seeing people. I mean, this is probably a good couple of years ago when it used to be hashtag hustle everything. Yeah. And I was sick to death of seeing people banging on about hustle because I've come from an environment where I build my time in 15 minute increments. So you learn very quickly that time is money. But also, and that was a great grounding, but also in investment banking, I was working insane hours and, and often it was seen to be seen. So it wasn't all productive. So it was really long hours, you know, get it, being there at eight, nine o'clock at night, tired and kind of finished with your work, but still hanging around. And then there was the environment I was in, as in everybody was working crazy hours and it was just the norm and people were getting burned out, burnt out and people weren't as productive as they could be. And then I've seen this in small business and I think it's really dangerous. I think it's dangerous to think that you've got to work yourself in into the ground to be successful because you haven't. And what comes with that kind of really negative mentality is just thinking, if you keep working like a Trojan, you will finally get there. And, you know, hours doesn't equal success. Yeah. So I'm clearly getting my ranty pants on now. But I, I love really it. No, I think it's good. Hate it. yeah. <laughs> I hate the hustle. Yeah. And I mean, I've got, um, I've got an old corporate friend who's on a 12-month break at the moment. Uh, and she is all, she actually took a break because she's burnt out. Yeah. And, uh, and so her Insta is first best and it's all about how to take care of yourself first and be really conscious, like physically and mentally about the load that you're putting on yourself and how you're managing all of that. But yeah, yeah I also just think, and we, I would love to talk about this as well today is that I think a lot of times because business owners don't always know how to manage their work or how to think bigger, like around 
bigger strategies, understanding where they're going, what they're trying to work towards. Yeah. Sometimes it's actually not the desire to hustle, but it is that they're constantly working because they're not being productive because they're not really understanding what they need to do to get somewhere. And so they're just kind of doing all of the things that it's very reactive. It's like, whatever comes, I'll just do that. Um, So I find it really interesting that you were saying that, do you still, or you used to work in 15 minute increments? I don't anymore, but I have that mindset of thinking about my time is money. So where am I spending my time? Which, you know, based on what you've just been saying, I think it's very easy to fall into the trap of being exceptionally busy and feeling like you're doing a lot. And it's not because you want to hustle. You just want to be successful, but you're working through, you know, a boring to-do list. And you think that if you tick all of that off, suddenly the dollars are going to come in the door. And that dream that you had when you started your business is going to come to fruition. And the two don't necessarily marry up, right? You can be very, very busy and literally be treading water or drowning at the same time. So I I just really want to stop in particular women in business doing that because I I know that you don't need to, but you know, this comes from the heart because it's mistakes that I've made. Often we coach on things that we've done really badly ourselves, (laughs) i.e. niching that I mentioned before. You know, I've done the hustle hard at the start thinking if I work longer, this is going to happen. And it's often really counterintuitive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you kind of think about, you know, you've been in business for quite a while now, I've been in business for a little while as well. uh, And my big lesson in the last 12 months has been the one thing. Now, can I just tell you, I read the book about the one thing about two years ago. I love it. Watching the video. Yeah. So, yeah. So for those watching the video, obviously Faze has held, held up the one thing. So I listened to it on Audible. And then I had somebody on the podcast, Jamie, and she was talking about the fact that, you know, the one thing is if you want to scale anything, you've got to focus and then use your creativity in all of the marketing efforts, like instead of trying to create a million products and services. So that's been my big lesson. So I'm talking about it a lot because I'm like, learn from my mistakes. Completely. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. God, you know, and I've made a few. So (laughs) let's not go down the Faye path, do the opposite to Faye and you'll be successful more quickly. (laughs) I know. Because that's that's what I was going to say is that when we think about all the hours we probably worked when we first started and constantly hustling and working, you know, a million hours and probably how much you were making compared to working a lot smarter now and probably making a lot more because it's a lot more focused and niched and you've learned along the way. So yeah. Well, completely. Because when I started my business, I didn't have children. So I literally, I'm very much a morning person. So I would love to start work at five every morning and I'd be done by nine and be super productive. That's not possible anymore with my kids. Um, But, you know, back in the early days when I started my business, I started really early and I worked all day long because I'd worked in London for however many years doing that. That's what was ingrained in me. And I was happy to work in the evenings and, you know, I love what I do. So that continued. But now, fast forward now to like 12 and a half years later, I work school hours now by choice and design. My kids used to be in out-of-school care. Uh, One of my daughters is autistic. That brings its own challenges, wanted to reduce the day. So I work school hours now, which is insanely short day. You know, like I get into my group and then I've got to stop. Yeah, compared. But I'm being more productive and more successful now than I was doing probably double, if not triple the hours. So it's, it's, you know, by proven experience and not just theory that this works. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I do think that that is, 
you know, what we've just talked about is definitely a reflection of what's happening in the entrepreneurial space at the moment. Mm. Um, and I think that, yeah, I've helping my listeners to get more productive and understand what that looks like uh, is what I really want to give them today. So I'm super excited to dive in. So let's talk a little bit about what do you feel are some of the key things that they need to know about or be thinking about when it comes to how to do less and how to achieve more in their business? So there's, well, you know what, there's a list as long as my arm, but I think the key thing at the start is really a mindset shift. There are all these time management tactics, which I talk about and teach all the time, but we have to come from a different headspace. You know, if you're thinking you've got to hustle, um, if you think you've got to work yourself into the ground, if you're thinking that you've got to do more to achieve more, if you're kidding yourself that you're being productive, there are so many different things that come from a mindset shift. And when you can get that right, then the tactics, the like tools in your toolkit can really work, but the mindset has to shift first. And I, you know, I really think it's important to focus on the fact that time is your most valuable asset. Often we become so focused on how much money are we making? Are we getting enough leads in? But if you're not thinking about how you're going to spend your time, you're not going to be focusing on the right things to get that outcome that you're looking for anyway. Did that even answer your question? I don't know. I just got very excited. No, I think that that's really important, the mindset. So I guess my question to you is, do you feel like there were moments in time or specific things that you did that helped you to shift your mindset into kind of where it is now or where, you know, where it began moving in the right direction? Yeah, there's actually one really jumps to mind as you asked that. And it was reading Tim Ferriss's The 4-Hour Workweek, um, which is an interesting book. If I've read not it. read it. Oh, well, it, it's cool. Like, I don't know that you can do a 4-Hour Workweek, but I don't know that he's necessarily professing that everybody should be able to do that either. But there's one part in there that it calls, talks about mission-critical tasks. And the idea is it's in line with Pareto's principle, the 80-20 rule, where you pick two tasks per day that are mission-critical to your business. And I have been harping on about this for about 12 years now because it ties nicely back to our recruitment roots of being really focused on what brings in money in your business and doing the right things instead of just trying to do all the things. So mission critical is about picking two things a day that are actually going to make you money or get you close to achieving your goals. And in all my coaching and conversations with friends that are in business and just really getting focused on productivity, so often business owners are trying to just plow through a massive, great big to-do list, regardless of the level of importance of the things on that list. And what really stuck in my mind when I read that book was, you know what, it doesn't matter if there's 10 things on my list and I only do two of them, but if those two things are the most important, that's what's going to get me to cover the ground and get me to where I want to be. And that's a big mindset shift because it takes you away from the hustle and having to do all the things and and work, work, work. And instead, just think if I could only do two things today, what two things would they be? And would that leave me feeling satisfied at the end of the day? That's the really important question. And when you look at it, the things that you've written down, if the answer is no, then you've picked the wrong stuff. And it also moves you away from doing the things that are fun but not productive. And there's obviously a big difference between those. So that was one thing that really sticks in my mind from the really early days that I've carried forward and still harp on about today because it makes a big difference. Yeah, no, I think that's good. And I think it's just deciding to become more self-aware of those things. Like what is my mindset right now? Like, am I in hustle mode? Am I being reactive? Are the things that I'm doing the big things or are they the small things. And I think a lot of times we're just 
<laughs> I've got this mental image. I was speaking to my baby as I'm like, you don't want to be a hamster on a treadmill. I'm like, no, <laughs> hamsters are not on treadmills. They're on. I just had that picture pop into my head. You don't want to be a hamster on a treadmill, people. <laughs> <laughs> Said with confidence and authority. <laughs> Where you're just like, you're just running and you're not, you're not stopping to go, is my mindset, is what I'm doing working for me? Yeah. And in line with that also is the whole grabbing at shiny, sparkly things, you know, getting excited about all the other stuff out there, the tech, the new ideas that you have and just jumping around and getting distracted. And again, not zoning in on what am I supposed to be focused on? What will get the best outcome? Where's my head at right now? Am I just grabbing and running with it? Or am I actually thinking strategically? And, you know, that makes a big difference when you're a strategic thinker rather than just trying to get through a busy to-do list. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Like, so you're just <laughs> saying exactly the things I say, which I love. <laughs> get strategic. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, cool. And so what are some other things that we need to be thinking about as well? Uh, I think first, well, not first of all, one other thing would importantly is cutting out distractions. Now, I'm sure some of your listeners are going to start yawning at this point. It's like, yes, babe, we know we should be cutting out distractions. But, you know, there's such a time sap and a money sap, 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 whatever you want to use it, say, you know, like, and we've, be, we've become so addicted to them in the day and age that we're in. You know, I'm going to sound really old now and I'm older than you, but back in the day when I started my <laughs> business, Facebook was only just starting then and it was personal accounts. So there were, there were, just weren't the distractions that there are now. So it was, you know, I suppose there were other things, but it was easier to just get focused because there was no pings, there was no notifications, the things just weren't happening but now we're so plugged in it's very easy to con ourselves that we need to be plugged in and on all of the time and those distractions are really costly I think there's some studies um I love I've got to share this one with you there's a study uh, a few studies that have been I done. love a good study yeah. <laughs> give me some stats babe give me some stats <laughs> well I love this one right so distractions and also in in line with multitasking as well so there was a study by the Institute of Psychiatry at the University of London our own stomping old stomping ground and suggests that IQ falls as much as 10 points when you're fielding constant emails text messages and calls Okay. Now that's the same loss you'd experience if you uh, lost an entire night's sleep. And as parents, many of us will know what that feels like. You know, you're in this foggy, frazzled state. You're not going to do your best work at that point. And get this one. It's more than double the four point loss you'd have after smoking marijuana. So I'm guessing, and you probably didn't even know we were going to go there today. (laughs) I, 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 that is not part of my lifestyle, but I'm guessing that If you did smoke marijuana, you probably wouldn't do it at the start of the day just before you're about to do your best work. And yet, you know, we're letting these distractions in. You said something to me yesterday on my podcast that you actually turn off your Instagram and social, you turn off your social media, which is awesome because, you know, you're somebody that people could perceive to be on it all of the time. And in fact, for you to be productive and successful, you're not. And we all need to learn from that and take that into account because you know, if you wouldn't smoke marijuana before you start work and you wouldn't ideally have a whole night's sleep lost, then you also don't want to let those distractions into your day because they cost you time and your time is money. And it can take up to 25 minutes to return to an interrupted task when you've been distracted. 
Now, of course, if just you get one little ping and you just side swipe it and whatever and you move on, that's not going to take 25 minutes. But if a text message pops up and it's something you weren't expecting and you're not, you haven't got to deal with it now, but it's kind of thrown your mind a little bit. Maybe a client said something you don't agree with or it's just rattled your cage a little bit. Even if you don't deal with it there and then, your focus is disrupted and then it can take up to 25 minutes to get back to that zone where you were doing your great work in your genius space, right? Mm -hmm. And if you think about that happening regularly, that's a lot of minutes and a lot of hours every single week that you're losing. And so, you know, from my perspective where I think my days are super short to get the stuff that I love doing done, I don't have that time to waste. So those distractions have to be gone. And the only distraction I can't control is my dog. Otherwise, everything else in my working day, I can actually knock out and it works really, really well. Yeah. And I do think, uh, first of all, I love your dog. It wanders in and out while we're Sorry having our little chats. I love it. It's so cute. He's just, you know, just wandering around. Um, but I just think that it, it's about creating habits. Mm. Like I think that generally we are probably quite distractible people. Like we're looking, you know, especially if you are a procrastinator and you don't want to do the work, then you're like yeah. looking for any distraction that could possibly take you away that you think might be more important. But I think it is about creating really positive and productive work habits. And I think that when yeah. we're at home, we're worse at that than if we were to be in an office where there's other people around. So you're not going to sit on your phone for 25 minutes if you're <laughs> at your desk in, a, in an office, whereas yeah. you might sit on your phone for like an hour if you're at your desk at home. So yeah. I think it's about just deciding what are positive work habits that I want to create. Definitely. And you know, I think, um, I love that you say habits. I love habits. I'm a creature of habit. I do like change, but in work habit works really well for me and having routine. And I was, I have been ranting a lot lately generally on things, but <laughs> I've also been ranting about stop hanging the washing out to my clients, which is, it, it is actually about the washing, but it bigger is about, is a metaphor for stop being distracted by crap at home if you work from home, because I think it's very easy, you know, particularly if you're in startup mode um, and you're in that space of being excited about being your own boss and working from home and having that flexibility that maybe you never had in your corporate career before, you can say, well, I can go and walk my dog right now because I'm allowed to do that because I'm my own boss. Or I'm going to hang my washing out right now because I can. And yes, I don't want to be, you know, all doom and gloom about this. You have the flexibility to do it. But if you're hanging out your washing every single day at like 9.30, 10 o'clock when you could be making business development calls or engaging with your audience or delivering great stuff to your clients, and then you're going to stack the dishwasher and then you're going to walk your dog and you're going to finish your school pickup at 2.30, you've got to question what you're doing because I don't want to be the person that everyone hates, but at the same time, that's not a productive day in my book to get really good stuff done. And those things can be a procrastination tool as well. Like you said, you know, it's very easy to say, oh, well, I don't really want to do that thing right now. So I'm going to hang the washing out because I'm going to feel busy by doing all this other stuff. But ultimately, when you go to your accountant at the end of the year, that hanging out the washing and stacking the dishwasher in work hours doesn't pay the bills. And it's, it can be a big wake up call. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it was interesting, like years ago now, when I did my interview with like 50, over 50 women on like what holds them back, 
it was, which was great. Such a recruiter, aren't I? I, <laughs> <laughs> I love that you did that. <laughs> yeah, I interviewed like for over an hour. It was over a few months. But yeah, it was, you know, when you're not playing big, when you're not doing the things that you really want to do, when you're not committing to do the work that you know is going to move you forward, what are the things that you were doing? And it was standing in front of the fridge, hanging the washing, going out for coffee with friends, getting on social media. Like it was people know, like they know the behaviours. So it's not like they're going, oh, I'm so surprised that, you know, (laughs) that's a procrastination habit. Like they know. So. Yeah, it is about being brutally honest with yourself, but you just touched on net or coffees with friends. I also think going out and having networking coffees, you've got to be really careful there because I see people going out left, right and center, having all these networking coffees and we're coming back to that S word strategy with no strategy and feeling really busy and feeling like they've been productive, but the calls aren't strategic. Yes, it's nice to network, but just because you're out for four hours a day, every day meeting new people does not mean that you're doing the things that build your business. I'm taking away everyone's fun here. I'm now saying no, no coffee. No, I, I, once again, I think it's about like I and my audience know, I normally try and book uh, time for two coffees a month, mm-hmm. which is pretty much a half a day at the end of it. Like by the time I yep. drive somewhere, hang with somebody for an hour and come back, it's a half a day. So I'm really conscious of that. But I try and schedule or give myself time for two coffees with new people that I am speci- like I know why I'm meeting them. Yeah, you know. And then I mean, I meet up with my girlfriends and stuff at night for dinner. Like I'm doing that tonight or whatever. So I mean, it's a different. That's a different, more social totally. thing. Yeah, totally. But for networking coffees, um, I try and allocate one to two a month Mm. so that I'm like, yeah, like you're somebody new. I'd love to have a coffee with you. Let's catch up. And um, because I've been chatting with them on Instagram or, you know, I met them through somebody else. So um, I think once again, it's just about being conscious Mm. of those decisions. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's very easy to get caught up in just letting other people spend your time for you and not being conscious of how you're spending it. So somebody says, do you want to go for a coffee? And I used to always say, oh yeah, that'd be great. You know, in my mind, networking, really good thing. But I spent a lot of time having coffees in the first couple of years of my business that literally had nothing to do with helping my business grow, helping that other person's business grow. Like there really was no reason to it other than having a coffee. I don't even like coffee. So... (laughs) Champagne, let's have a champagne. Exactly. Yeah, if you're talking champagne with people, then I'd be out there all the time. No, I'm only kidding. (laughs) Classic. Oh, very good. And so what else are people doing that they need to be a bit more conscious of as well? Um, I'm going to sound really boring again with this one, but I think uh, testing and measuring. We need to change it. This is like really exciting. The next thing that Faye is about to say is (laughs) super exciting. You don't want to miss it. Get a pen and paper. Well, do you know what? The thing is, the thing that, the, like the title of it, right, sounds boring, like routine, <laughs> habits, testing and measuring. I could be an accountant right now. You know, they're things that we know we should do, but we're not necessarily doing. But the excitement is when you see the results or how it shapes the way that you spend your time and what you start getting out of your business. So it is exciting. I just need to find some funky little product handles for the things that I'm talking <laughs> about. So testing and measuring, you know, I, from a productivity point of view, it's really important to know what outcomes the things that you're doing are getting? Because I think it can be very easy to, for example, spend a lot of time on Facebook and think that you're engaging with your audience, you're putting up content, 
you know, this is the thing I should be doing. So you're spending a lot of time there. But if you're not looking at your analytics or you're not looking at where your clients have come from, you've got no idea whether that time is being productively spent or not. And from my experience, a lot of people go on their gut feel and their gut feel from an analytics point of view in terms of activity in their business is often not right mm -hmm. because they might be doing something they like doing. So for example, if you like writing, you might be sending out really regular emails and thinking, that's great. I'm sending two emails a week to my audience and how fantastic that I'm churning all of this content out. But if you don't look at the back end and look through how many people are opening your emails, how many people are clicking through, those numbers might be devastating and you've wasted all of that time. So being on top of your numbers and looking at whether what you're doing is getting results, then aids really good productivity. Because sometimes it can be confronting and you realize that what you thought you were doing that was great isn't. But how powerful is that to then be able to change it and spend that time much more wisely? But if we're scared of the numbers and if we don't spend the time to actually look into them, we can't make those shifts. And so we can be thinking we're working smartly, but actually what we're doing isn't getting us to the end goals of whatever that is for you in your business. So test and measure, ladies, test and measure. So what are some of the key numbers that you like to look at? Obviously, we were just talking about maybe your social or email analytics, uh, social analytics. What else is it that, you're, that you look at? So, I mean, it literally can be as simple as that. So making sure you're going into the back end of your Instagram and your Facebook, always make sure you're checking your emails. Also look at where your clients are coming from, making sure that you're asking them if you're speaking to them or depending on your style, your type of business, actually having a way to recover that information and go, okay, well, I'm spending 60% of my time on Facebook, but only 20% of my clients are coming from there. Or, you know, realizing that you said to me yesterday, your Instagram stories are hugely powerful in your business yeah. but if you didn't track that you know you're a very outgoing confident person who who is perfect for Instagram stories so you could spend a lot of time running Instagram stories all the time just because you like doing it mm. but not be getting the results from it so it, it is just taking a moment to recognize that and look at the channels that you're using are you getting results and could you get better results somewhere else? So the simple things are email, social media analytics and asking your clients. It doesn't need to be complex at all. Yeah. And, uh, and I, after the launch that I've just had sent out uh, just a survey monkey free one mm. survey monkey survey, I think I asked four questions, three questions maybe. And it was just around the marketing that I did do and the branding channels that I have, like the podcast, like Insta stories, because that's what it is, they're branding channels. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, I did do some paid, not much, little bit of paid advertising through Facebook to webinars. Mm -hmm. um, and so I said to them, what, what kind of got you over the line? What made you make the decision? Where did you first find out about me? And the majority of it was the podcast, Instagram, and then the conversion was the webinars. Yeah. And so, you know, I could have done thousands of dollars in Facebook ads, but at the end of the day, the organic stuff for me is working right now. And so I think just really understanding, like you said, it's like, for us with our podcast, it's looking at the downloads, mm. looking at the shares, questions that you're getting, um, you know, people signing up to things that maybe you're talking about on the podcast or wherever else on stories. So I think just also just being really aware of uh, the activity that's yeah. happening when you're talking about things or those sorts of things, I think is really important too. 
Definitely. And look, full confession here where I've cocked up with the podcast. I was really good at test and measuring all of that other stuff. But then the podcast, I just did as this thing that I thought I should do and just ambled along a bit with it. And then one day happened to look at where the analytics were. I didn't even know where they were. And there'd been eight and a half thousand downloads. And I had no idea. I just thought probably my clients and maybe a few people on my list were listening to it. And it blew my mind. And so, you know, do you think I'm more focused on my podcast now? Hell yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely. Yeah. But if I hadn't have looked at that number, I'd still be plodding along with it. And what a lost opportunity. So we don't always all get it right. But I was really surprised at how much I had not noticed on that, you know, channel, yeah. but uh, so powerful to then look at those numbers and realize also that it's something I love doing. So how good to go, oh, I love doing this and it's getting great and results. So let's do it more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think just the tip on that as well is that the activity that you are doing in your business, whether it's email, social, podcast, whatever, it's just really nailing those, whatever it is you're doing, what's working and what's not working. And, you know, yeah. Google Analytics is great for where traffic's coming from, where people are landing, how people are finding you. I've got like two or three podcast, um, two or three blogs that I swear I wrote like five years ago mm-hmm. that are still my biggest traffic. Yeah. Like, contributors, which I'm just like, I need to write more on those topics because that's where I'm actually getting quite a lot of website traffic from. Well, I remember, um, I can't remember how this sort of came up. Denise Duffield-Thomas came on my podcast and we were talking about, I think it was in there or somewhere else, um, repurposing and how, you know, she's a queen of repurposing and some of the stuff that gets the greatest traction for her business at the moment is donkey's years old. And it's just the power of still getting it out there, you know, Put it, refreshing it or literally posting that old blog from five years ago up again because it doesn't matter when it was posted, people are loving it. So why not? Yeah. But if you don't look at the numbers, you don't know that. And then from a productivity point of view, you can just get caught up trying to create, create, create all the time when you actually don't need to. Yeah, I was just thinking that is the perfect thing when we're talking about how to do less and achieve more is that you have got so, I can guarantee you've probably got so much content that you've already created that it's really actually going back and looking and saying, what else could I do with this? And I'm even looking at speaking gigs that I've been doing for years, topics that I've written presentations on, blog posts that I've done. Like it's now like, let's convert all of that into podcast episodes. Like I've got the content there. That's basically the show notes. Um, I know that it's a topic of interest. So why, why think of new things when the stuff you've got is great anyway? Completely. I mean, I know that you and I both love repurposing. And when I really finally got my head around how powerful it was, what a transformation and and from a productivity point, point gold, because, you know, you create one blog post that you turn into a podcast, that you turn into 10 social media posts that you put onto YouTube, um, you know, put into your email list, out to your email list. It's just the gift that keeps Mm -hmm. on giving. And I think also when we're thinking about what our clients want to hear from us, we don't have to have this list of 101 different things. There are some key pain points that they have that they want to hear about. And when you repurpose, you can talk about those things over and over again in different ways through the power of repurposing and save yourself a bucket load of time. It's just, it should be everybody's best friend, I think. 
Oh, now one thing I want to talk about quickly before we finish up as well is when it comes to content, I've got quite a few people that are like, I don't know what to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have anything to say. And so, and so just with that, you know, you were talking about like, you know, when we listen to our clients, when we have conversations with them, the stuff that we see on social, I even find like being in other Facebook groups, when somebody asks a question, like what's the biggest marketing problem that you've got at the moment? I love reading through those posts because you get like 80 posts where people are telling you what their problems are. And I think it's just like, you need to just be a bit more conscious, aware of the opportunity to find content that is basically just there for you to pick up. Oh, it can be so easy. And, you know, I've, I've fallen into the trap of thinking that I've kind of got to reinvent the wheel every time. I've always got to come up with something new. In the early days, that definitely was it. And I remember many a time sitting at a blank screen to write my weekly email, not having a clue what to write about, despite having done what I've done for years literally was brain dead and didn't know what to write about. And and as you say, you go through Facebook, one person asks a question, you've got this pot of gold that you can talk about. Uh, you know, I get in a real habit now. I use notes on my Mac and my phone a lot or Evernote. And as soon as someone says something, I think, oh, that's a Facebook live. That's a question I can answer. That's a blog post. It's just a one line or I just stick it into those apps and come back to it. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to take up attentional capacity thinking about must remember that thing but it's just this snippet of gold that that one line can be all of these different things do you notice my jazz fingers on the video there all of these different things that create great content for your business and you've not had to even think about it so be a hunter of gold because it's really out there all of the time you just have to switch on to looking for it yeah i love it i think that's so important just be an observer yeah way easier, right? (laughs) Be more efficient. Yeah, absolutely. Were there any other points on that, Faye? I think that we came to the end. Yeah, I think we've covered a lot. I've loved chatting about this because I know you've got exactly the same thirst for all things productivity and routine and structure and getting great results and not working yourself into the ground. So I appreciate. Yeah, I mean, I fully, I fully intend to take Tim Ferriss up on his four day work week one day (laughs) when I'm living in a beautiful bungalow in Thailand, working for four hours a day and living the life that is definitely on my vision board. So is this going to be your Insta feed that we're going to be looking for? People are going to start unfollowing me. I'm (laughs) sick of your Thailand bungalow. Um, But yeah, I just think I love being productive because it means that I have got more time to have fun and live life and, you know, do the things that I want to be doing. So I think just understanding that this is not about, I don't think it's like, I know you were sort of like, it's the boring stuff. It is the stuff that is going to make you money, Mm -hmm. help you work less, help you nail the stuff that you're doing when you're doing it and allow you to live a more fun life because you've got time to do it. Exactly. And the other thing I think about is it also frees me up more time to do the things I really want in my business to move it forward. So yes, it's the lifestyle part, but it's also, you know, I'm constantly, I want to do this, I want to do that. So work smarter so you can do the really fun stuff that you're itching to do in your business. Why wouldn't you do that? And you're right, it's not boring at all. I mean, I just love it. Um, (laughs) That's just because you and I total geeks on it. We're like (laughs) geeking out on it. I totally should have worn my glasses today as well because I 
call myself a productivity nerd and I have the glasses to go with it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Faye, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Absolute pleasure. I've loved it. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure. Now, for those who are walking the dog or jogging or yeah. just sitting having a tea, where can they find you? They're hopefully not hanging out the washing right now. Um, <laughs> they might be. But they're being very productive listening to yeah. my podcast while they're doing I was going to say, they're listening to us. That's okay. You continue, ladies. Um, it's busybusinesswomen.biz, B-I-Z. That's where you can find me on all my biz building productivity gold. Awesome. And what's your, um, your Facebook group? So it's a very imaginative, this one. I'm the same everywhere. So I'm Busy Business Women, Facebook group, Facebook, Instagram, website. I like to keep things simple for myself. I love it. It's <laughs> yeah. so good. It's so good. Well, all of Faye's links will be in the show notes. It has been so good to have you on and obviously make sure you go and connect with her. And if you've got any productivity questions, then I'm sure that you can hit Faye up on that. Would love uh, to. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. I love chatting to women that have got similar ideas around productivity, time management, just getting stuff done. Yeah, I really think that, you know, we can run the world even more if we got a little bit more organized. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. It is always awesome to have you here. And I will let you know more info on when my book's going to be available online because I know I've had a few questions around that as well. So it'll be soon anyway. So I think the audio book is probably something that's going to come a little bit later. I don't know that I'm going to get it out in time for this launch. But, you know, once again, not looking for perfect, just looking for done. So it's done. It's going to be out there. And then I will hopefully have the audiobook coming maybe in the new year as well. But super excited. But hey, thanks so much for listening and hanging out. If you've got any questions, let me know. Uh, obviously, I'd love you to share this with your community and your followers. And if you do share it on Insta, then make sure that you tag Faye and myself because I would love to reshare that and I also love just to see that you're listening to it and that you're enjoying the content as well if you would love to leave a review then please do on any of the podcast platforms that you listen on that would be amazing but hey have an awesome week and until next time keep playing big and branding bold